I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to hour number two of Inside Sources today. Great to be with you. I am Boyd Matson. As we look at the headlines, of course, uh, everyone says that the country is still divided on just about everything. But it's time to think again about that. What if there was something that, oh, I don't know, 71% of Americans agreed on? Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Uh, helping us to always think again by the numbers, Scott Rasmussen, independent pollster, joins us on the line. And Scott, you appear to have found something that 71% of Americans actually agree on. What is that? Well, 71% think they favor the idea of ending the supplemental unemployment benefits. Um, and it's not because they sat around and thought deeply about <laughs> supplemental unemployment benefits. It's because uh, we've had a couple of uh, less than stellar jobs reports. People know the economy is struggling a little bit to uh, the businesses are struggling to find workers. And a lot of people think the reason is because the incentives that were put in place during the pandemic may have made sense a year ago. But right now, um, not so much. I think they're hindering people's desire to get a job. Yeah. And you mentioned the uh, labor statistics report, of course, last Friday, the Bureau of Labor Statistics statistics reported that uh, there were 559,000 uh, net new jobs uh, again missing the mark uh, by about 100,000 uh, but of course it, in April it was a uh, a massive miss uh, by about 3 quarters of a million uh, so a lot of people were starting to really question that uh in terms of hey are we actually providing it and you actually see that as a good thing that this actually could create space where we could really do a an honest to goodness test of do incentives uh, work to get people back to work, or are we providing benefits that make it a lot easier to to not look for work? That's right. You know, uh, economics is one of those things. There's never clear answers. So one theory sounds good to one group of people. Another theory sounds good to a different group. But in this case, 25 states, including Utah, uh, have announced that they're going to be ending these supplemental benefits. Some have already. Some have scheduled them for the near future. Uh, and that means another 25 states haven't. Uh, one of the things we'll be able to tell is, do, does it really make a difference? Do these, uh, you know, will, will the states that have ended these benefits show more jobs getting filled and more job growth coming as a result of this? 
now, you know, the analyst in me would say it's not really a pure test because states start in a different place and there's all kinds of, of uh, differences that might arise. But generally speaking, this is a very good test. And if we find that the 25 states um, who have, have or are about to end these benefits do better on the job front, get more people back in the workforce, well, then we'll have some pretty conclusive evidence that the American people are right. Sixty-eight uh, percent say that they think that's what will happen, that if you end these supplemental benefits, people will go back to work. Uh, really interesting. And I, I want to get to, to one set of statistics that was really interesting to me, and that was looking at people who knew someone who was still receiving benefits and how that impacted their view of whether those benefits should continue. Tell us about that. Yeah, 46% of voters say they know someone who is collecting more in benefits than they could make working. Um, You know, and it doesn't mean that they're your best friend, but you know someone in that situation. A lot of people, obviously, in that situation would like to go back to work, but kind of crazy if they're going to make less money. Among that group, 82%, among people who know someone who's collecting more because of those supplemental benefits, 82% say we should end the supplemental benefits. I think I just think that's and, fascinating. And Boyd, it's not just it's not yeah, just your I, brother-in-law, right? <laughs> right, that's right. And and look, I think uh, you know one of the things that that struck me when I looked at these numbers. A lot of times we do have these debates about deficit spending or regulatory reform, and it's very distant. People can't really. Um, there is no way to know what what the best answer is. Yeah. This is something very tangible. Uh, I walk down the street and a restaurant has a sign saying they've got a limited menu because they can't find enough workers. Uh, people are seeing this in their communities. People are people know somebody who's in this situation. So this is something that is, again, informed by what people are seeing all around them. And those situations tend to have a lot more power than the theoretical debates. Yeah, fascinating. And and just real quickly, Scott, as we uh, round out the segment here, uh, how do you see this playing out to moving forward? Uh, what are the political consequences of one kind of this united front of hey, we need we need to get people incentivized to go back to work? Uh, how does that play out as we start uh, marching towards the fall and into uh, a real crucial midterms? Well, as the immediate reaction, I think what this tells us is people are ready to put the special pandemic policies behind us. Uh, there's a growing concern, not not overwhelming yet, a growing concern that the Biden administration uh, might wait too long to try and push for reopening. And uh, as we go into the midterms, uh, we're still this is still going to be the big issue. How did we handle it's no longer the pandemic. It's how did we handle the transition from the pandemic back to normalcy. And if you start to see states that have taken a more uh, aggressive attitude towards reopening, if they are doing better economically than others, um, that's going to tell us a lot. And I would suspect it would be very good news for uh, Republicans as they try to regain control of the House and Senate. Mm, Fascinating stuff. Scott Rasmussen, Independent Pulser, joining us from Florida today. Great piece on uh, Deseret.com. Going through that 71% uh, favoring the end of supplemental benefits. Uh, Scott, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Floyd. So I just think that's uh, really interesting. It it cuts across Republicans, Democrats, independents, uh, and especially those who know someone who is receiving more in benefits than they would be making if they were at work. 
uh, people recognize that we do have to create a glide path out, that we do need to reopen and engage, and the incentives have to be in the right place to get people back to work. So we've got to think through all of those things uh, in terms of what that is and what that actually means locally as well as nationally. And we'll continue to cover that here on KSL News Radio. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.